Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to ring along, and if not, no problem, We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we're coming to Psalm 76, uh, 77, and 78. Psalm 76 kind of takes off where 75 left off yesterday. We were studying in Psalm 75. That was kind of a um, a psalm about um, the great uh, um, judgment. God will judge uh, all mankind with uh, equity. Uh, it's just something that uh, the, the, the humble can look forward to. All the wrongs are going to be righted, and all the, the, the things that have gone uh, unpunished will finally be unpunished. The people who've been wrongly blamed will finally be vindicated, and the people who've just gotten off due to corruption uh, and cheating and lying and stealing, they'll all be um, paid uh, for their sins as, as well. Um, so uh, isn't it great that you can just rest in the fact that there is a righteous judge? So in Psalm 76, we're going to take in, uh, it's going to be talking about that great day of judgment. So uh, in verse 1, in Judah, God is known, His name is great in Israel. His abode has been established in Salem. That's another old-fashioned word for Jerusalem. His dwelling place is in Zion. So this is looking forward for all people to look that um, Judah, uh, again, another name for Israel, Israel, uh, this uh, uh, Salem, another name for Jerusalem. His dwelling place is going to be on Zion. Zion. He's specifically talking about this dwelling place of God, this place where God is coming back uh, to reestablish his kingdom. Jesus uh, will be the judge and God in the form of Jesus um, to dwell among his people. Um, And there, in verse 3, he broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. So when Christ's presence comes again, his second coming is coming back. He's coming to reestablish peace. Now, he was the Prince of Peace when he came the first time. You know, every time he would see his disciples, he would always say, Peace be with you, Um, or um, uh, my peace I give to you. Uh, Or, you know, we always hear, Let there be peace on earth. Well, you know, his presence is peace 
to us. Why? Because the, it's it's his first coming wasn't talking about peace in the form of of peace then, because obviously the world was still at war. But he was he was saying peace meaning reconciliation to God. So there will finally be peace between God and sinful man. So when he comes again, he will actually put sinful man in his place officially, and there will be actual physical peace. So, great. No, verse 4, Gracious are you, more majestic than the mountains full of prey. Mountains full of prey. Jerusalem was built on a mountain. Full of prey means there's all these armies who want to attack Jerusalem and take Jerusalem over. I think Dr. McGee said he could count at least 27 times armies attacked and conquered Jerusalem. So, uh, again, mountains full of prey. Jerusalem. The stout-hearted were stripped of their spoil. They sank into sleep. All the men of war were unable to use their hands at your rebuke, O God of Jacob. Both rider and horse lay stunned, but you are to be feared. Who can stand up? Who can stand before you when your anger is roused? This is again the great day of judgment. From the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and was still. I don't know if that means all the people stopped. All the people stopped uh, um, running around and doing stuff, and their attention was on the Lord Jesus. Maybe that was it. Maybe the earth is not no longer spinning around. You know, we know our earth is spinning on its axis in, in space. Uh, I don't know that, but again, uh, the earth feared and was still. When God arose to establish judgment to save all the humble on the earth, surely the wrath of man shall praise you, the remnant of the wrath you will put on like a belt. Make your vows to the Lord your God and perform them. Let all around him be great gifts. To him is, is uh, to be feared. So finally man is restrained and uh, man is put into place. And the, um, the, um, the remnant, those who finally, who the, the portion who believe in God, um, who hold to truth will be will be saved. So again, no one can stand before God. God will judge every man. He will bring all the great nations down. He will just bring the earth all to a standstill. So looking forward um, to this great day of judgment. Psalm 77. This is um, some deep thinking here. Uh, the psalmist is really beginning to question uh, in the middle of all this. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. So in the middle of all this, um, this questioning heart. Let you know. Let me uh, verse uh, six. Let me remember my songs in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit will be made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever? Will and never again be favorable? Verse eight. Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger? Shut up his compassion. So you say to yourself, you know, we just got through listening to this psalm 
it's, it's this great day of judgment, okay? And all these promises are right there for us to look at. You know, and we see that. They saw that. They were promised that. Uh, Israel was promised that by the prophets. But it's hard. It's hard to, to, to hear that and still live life and not like say, okay, I got all that, but um, when is that going to come? It's like the human reaction to that is, I get it, I know you're coming, but when? It's, a, it's like our human spirit. It's like, it's like being fed and then getting hungry again. Verse 12, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? Um, and back in verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. So uh, in verse 12, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. So when our heart gets to the point where we've just got a question, you know, we, we, we can think about the great days of judgment and what's to come and this great judge and ponder about it, but um, it, we still can get down about it. Um, this psalm is really searching into the heart of somebody who knows all these things, but still... Um, deep, deep, deep down inside your heart, you know, like in the middle of the night when you're just laying there worried about something um, and you're meditating on, on things, we tend to meditate on what's worrying us. And these are the sort of the, the questions that get in people's mind. When is all this going to stop? Does he still love me? If he still loves me, how come he's making me go through all this stuff? Why me? Why are we just still having to suffer? You know? And uh, so the psalmist finds comfort in slowing down and meditating on God's way, God's holiness, God's holy way, His mighty deeds. And um, the rest of the psalm kind of talks about that, like in verse 16, when the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. Um, your way was through the sea. Your path was through the great waters, in verse 19. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So it's talking about as Moses and Aaron led the people through the Red Sea, um, these mighty deeds that that God was personally uh, bringing these people out of their captivity. And in the same way, even today, we're in many ways like these people in captivity. We're still in captivity in sin, or and we're certainly in captivity to false idols that the people were in, you know, sort of the spellbound by false idols. Everywhere you look today, there's still false idols, money, job security, all the the pleasures of the world, all the things that you think will give you pleasure, but really don't. You know, some people are just captive by lifestyle. They need money or they, they just love spending on their credit card or they love to go shopping and buy clothes. Uh, and, you know, thinking that that's going to bring happiness and joy and peace. But uh, again, only God will, will be able to 
uh, deliver you from that captivity. And then sometimes in people's hearts, they say, well, you know what? I, I, you know, it's, I just can't wait around, you know, this is not me. And they get, they just, they get down and depressed because they want to, they want to follow Christ, but they don't see an answer. Okay. They don't see an answer and they just question, you know, when will this happen? Have you forgotten me or you've let me down or I didn't get what I want. That's because they're not focusing on his mighty deeds. They're not pondering on his works or they're not pondering on the greatness of the Lord or the Lord's ways. So they're, they're, they let their hearts fall into pondering their own things. And like we said last time, they get hung up with thinking more about what they don't have than what they have. And when they think about that, they, they take their hearts off God, and you see how easy it is to take your hearts off God. Just like in this psalm. You can talk about the great day of judgment and just be in all of that, and then you, you let your heart get off that, boom. You start wondering, wondering about what you don't have and your own self, your own stomach, your own pleasure, your own what happiness is when you put that number one you take god you put him down number two then soon soon he becomes number three and number four and number five and pretty soon he falls right off your list he's down to number 30 and then you pretty soon you realize you look in the mirror and you're just like the people back in israel the unfaithful generations which is a good segue into psalm 78 so with all this questioning what's the answer well if we're supposed to ponder on God's mighty deeds, that's exactly what Psalm 78 does. It ponders on God's mighty deeds. It's like an answer to Psalm 77. You got questions? We got answers. It's a historical psalm that, that answers these questions so that the generations of people can just have uh, specific answers, and it does ponder on his mighty deeds. Psalm 78, give ear, O my people, to my teaching, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. But tell, down in verse 4, to the upcoming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He's established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. And that and the next generation might know them. Down in, se- in verse 7, And not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. They forgot His works. Down in verse 11. And the wonders that He had shown them, you want to talk about great works? These early generations of people, God was there, and they saw all kinds of signs and wonders. When he led them out of Egypt, in verse 12, verse 13, he divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the waters stand like a heap. In the Verse 14, in the daytime he led them with a cloud and all the night with a fiery light. He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly from as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused rivers to flow down and caused waters to flow down like rivers. 
I mean, if any generation is gonna gonna uh, believe, it's gonna be these first generations of people that got brought out of Egypt. I mean, man, that they're getting led through the through the Red Sea. That you know, God's making water uh, out of rock. I mean, He's doing all kind of miracles. He at night there was this fiery light from nowhere. In the daytime, He led them in this cloud, you know, to protect them. What did they do? I mean, you you know, think about it like this. If God did all that to you today, there would still be people just like this generation not wanting to believe. If if any generation is going to believe, it's going to be them because they don't have anything to compete with God. They don't have TV, Internet, iPads, or anything. I mean, there's no no TV game on at night. There's no football game on at night. The only thing you got to do is look outside at the stars. That was their entertainment. But there was nothing to compete with God at that point in time. Fiery light at night. You can look at that and go, oh, man. But what did they do? 17. They sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested their God. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that water gushed out. And then, because they didn't believe, down in verse 21, His anger rose against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust His saving power. Yet, God so compassionate, verse 24, He rained down them on manna to eat. And he gave them grain of heaven. Man ate the bread of angels. He sent them food in abundance. Can you imagine that? It's just raining bread out of the sky, and this is just perfect food for them. He caused the east to blow in the heavens as by His power. He let out the south wind, and He rained meat on them like dust. Winged birds like the sand of the seas. This was when it rained doves and they could eat, you know, food because they didn't have any food in the, uh, you know, they got tired of manna and then it rained down meat for them. And when they ate, in verse 29, they were filled for he gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied, satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, they wanted more. But then God rose against him. He killed the strongest of them and laid low the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. God was trying to show them. He was getting rid of some of the wicked around them. But in spite of all this, in verse 32, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. So again, God did all these wonders. And aren't we similar the same way? I mean, you know, here we are, we're questioning in our hearts. We're saying, well, come on, God. You know, we know this great day of judgment's coming, but it's still so hard. Show us something. Help us. Do something to help us. And then in the previous psalm, you got to dwell on God's wonders. And these were the wonders that God did for all to see. And in spite of this, mankind, mankind's heart craves things so much while the food's still in their mouth they want more
or maybe they want something else. So he made their days vanish like a breath. Um, and he got rid of a lot of these wicked folks. Verse 34, when he killed them, they sought him and they repented and sought God earnestly. And they remembered that God was their rock. Verse 36, but they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Is that like we pray when they pray to the Lord? They flattered him with their mouths. When we pray, we got to be careful. If, if our prayers to God are sort of with false hearts, like you realize that like they did in the desert and all these people, like there's no way out. We're going to die if we don't have God. We're utterly dependent and we get, we get what we want, but we still don't have a heart for God. And we just keep praying and we flatter him. Oh, God, you're so great. Please just give us something else. You know, that's how they were praying. And God knows the way your heart is when you pray. Or they lied to him with their tongues. Because verse 37, their heart was not steadfast toward him. And that's one of the central themes that we're seeing through the the, the Psalms. That when you pray, you've got to have your heart right. It's got to be a contract heart. Or when you make a mistake, you've got to actually repent. But God wants these law, the law written on your heart. He doesn't want your sacrifice of some animal. That's just an animal. And as the psalm said before, he already made that animal. Why does he need to be why do you need to sacrifice it? He already owns the animal. What he wants is your heart. Verse 38, yet he being compassionate. made up for their iniquity and atoned for their iniquity and didn't destroy him. I mean, remember in Genesis, Adam and Eve sinned first. And if God would have dealt with Adam and Eve's sin, Adam and Eve should have been destroyed right there. Mankind should have been destroyed. And the book of Genesis would have been a very short book. The Bible would have been a very thin Bible because God didn't need man. Man sinned and that should have been the end of man. And we've got this story all throughout the Bible so far of man sinning and God trying to reconcile man. And from Genesis to Revelation is, is God's plan to reconcile man to himself. You know, first through laying down the law, letting the people know what they needed to live by to establish God's uh, holiness. And then here we are looking at all God's great deeds, trying so hard to um, allow uh, man's faith, uh, a man's heart um, to be reconciled. Of course, it wouldn't work. But again, when do you see yourself in this too? Sometimes, I mean, we should be destroyed for our sin, but we have the gift of Jesus Christ to reconcile us. So, we can't be reconciled unless we have a pure heart, unless we have a heart that is ready to be reconciled. So, again, it's about repentance from our own sin. Again, through that reconciliation, through Jesus Christ, 
Forgiveness occurs, and that's how we have peace. Peace on earth, the Prince of Peace. So, verse 41, they tested God again and again. Um... Verse 56, they tested and rebelled against the Most High God. They did not keep His testimonies, but turned and acted treacherously like their fathers. Okay, so the, the generation that came after was the same as their fathers before them. The sin of one generation can extend through future generations. That's why it's so important that that when you and I, and as we all age, be properly equipped to teach the younger generation, just like, I mean, because they learn from us. The younger generation um, sometimes wants to go its own way, too. So um, that's how important the instruction from one generation to another is. 59, when God heard he was full of wrath and utterly rejected Israel. And he turned them over. 52, 62, he gave his people over to the sword and vented his wrath on his heritage. Their priests fell by the sword. Their widows made no lamentation. That was 64. And then later, God awoke from his sleep and he put his advers adversaries to rout, and he put them to everlasting shame. But he chose the tribe of Judah in 68. This is going to be choosing the tribe for which Christ was to come. He chose David, his servant, and took from him the sheepfolds. He chose a shepherd, but it was an acknowledgement for a future shepherd to come. Verse 72, with upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. This is the house, This is David now, coming from the house of Jacob. The future lineage of Jesus. Another shepherd to come. A future shepherd who's even greater than this shepherd. But God gave the people something to look at, to understand but the future was going to be the great shepherd, which is an acknowledgement to this great day of judgment that the answer to the great day of judgment that we talked about in Psalm 76. So I hope these three Psalms were helpful to you and encouraging. It certainly was to me. And uh, certainly um, uh, the, the lesson is, is how powerful it, we, it, it is and how necessary it is to have the proper heart when we pray and when we approach God, when we seek the presence of God and when we try to live as he instructed us to live. So from me to you, um, God bless you. I'll see you next time. And I'll turn now the uh, now turn the podcast over to my co-host, Matali in Zambia. Can't wait to hear what you have to say, Matali. Take it away. We'll see you next time. Hi. So today's teaching is coming from... Psalms 76 through to 78. Um, my main highlight in today's teaching look uh, is about um, 
the turmoil and um, the chaos that's on today's earth, you know, until the human heart is dealt with in redemption, we can never have peace on earth. So we have to have redemption in order for us to get rid of the filth, the greed, the deceit, the lies, just everything that's against God, this is when we'll see peace. This is why we have, you know, so much pain and suffering going on in the world today. If we look at um, Israel today, look at Jerusalem, it has been destroyed so many times, not once, not twice, but so many times. This is... um this is a holy holy land this is a sacred place but because of so much um you know so much human interference and greed and you know so much confusion because the the human heart has not been dealt with in redemption this is why we see you know all these calamities that are happening today so um psalm 76 is a prophetic psalm um it talks about god delivering his people from the northern power so if if we go back to psalms 75 um verse 6 it says for exaltation comes from neither the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. So the exaltation, um, God is delivering his people from um, the northern power, from the north. So, Psalm 76, um, verse 1 and 2 read, In Judea, God is known, his name is great in Israel. In Salem, also his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. There he broke the arrows and bow, the arrows of the bow and shield of the sword. You are more glorious and excellent than the mountains of prey. The south, the stout-hearted, were plundered. They have sunk into their sleep and none of the mighty men have found the use of their hands. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, the chariot of horse were cast into a dead sleep. So if we look at verse 5, the stout-hearted were plundered. They have sunk into their sleep. Today we are asleep. We are we are physically awake, but we are asleep, and the devil wants to keep us that way. You know, people on earth, the devil doesn't want us to wake up to the realization that um, the tribulation is coming. The devil wants us to, be, to still be sleeping and make us feel like um, we don't need God. But we do need God. And, um, you know, the day of vengeance is coming. Verse 7 says so. You yourselves are to be feared and who may stand in your presence God is coming um, and is coming with a vengeance 
because we have destroyed the earth so much, we have gone astray. You know, and God can only let people go so far. Verse 10 reads, Surely the wrath of man shall praise you. With the reminder of wrath, you shall grind yourself. So we have gone so far, so far and beyond, and God can only allow us to go so far. Um, our God is a gracious and merciful God. He's just waiting for us to turn back to Him. But, you know, the evil in this world, like, um, we have fallen asleep in our sleep. The evil in this world is so much that um, people don't want to turn back and, um, you know, go back to God and um, seek God's face. Psalms 78, um, it reveals the time of deep soul-searching. So this is a time when, um, you know, God was being sought of um, in, in times of trouble. So God will hear, God will hear you and me. Faith comes out um, so strongly in people when they're in trouble. And um, Psalm 78, Psalm 77, sorry. Um, it reads, I cried out to God with my voice, that God to God with my voice and he gave ear to me in the day of my trouble I sought the Lord my hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing my soul refused to be comforted I remembered God and was troubled I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed Selah you hold my eyelids open I am so troubled and I cannot speak I have considered the days of all the years of ancient times, I call in remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart, and my spirit makes delight. A diligent search. <coughs> will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Has he his mercy ceased forever? So, <coughs> this is a psalm of asphalt. Asphalt. And Asphalt was asking if, if the Lord had, you know, considering um, all the chaos and turmoil that um, Israel was going through. This was because Israel had turned away from God. And, um, and Asphalt was, and Israel was, was destroyed by enemies from, from the north. And um, Asphalt was asking if the Lord had cast off forever but our God our God is a forgiving God if you turn back to him if we look at um, our lives today we face um, so many troubles in as much as uh, yeah they're modern troubles but um, it's the same troubles as um, written in scripture um, whatever troubles um, the people back then were facing we today are, are facing troubles as well as Christians so um, you know, let's seek face and turn to God and um, 
let us let us always trust and believe in him psalms 78 is a historic psalm um it goes back in time um it's the failure of the people and faithfulness of god you know no matter how many pe- how many times people turn away from god god is always faithful to us and god just wants us to turn to him and be faithful to him so um Verse 1 reads, Give ear, all my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in the parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling the generation to come and praise the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. So this is um, a call to heed, to to um, to seek God. If we move down to verse 9, the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the days of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and he, his wonders that he had shown them. So this was, um, in verse 9, looks at the people who refused um, who turned back and um, who didn't, who broke God's covenant. And um, if we go down to verse 25, it tells us what he did. Um, you know, all the miracles that God performed. Men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the full. So see, if you look back then, people broke covenants with God, which is in, t- in relation to today's world. Back then, <clears throat> it was, um, you don't follow the law, you feel the wrath of God. But now we have a pathway. We have Jesus Christ, who, bur- who bore all our, all our sins on the cross. So, um, back then God told them and showed them miracles directly. Today, let's seek face. Um, we have Christ who died for us, who bore all our sins. Um, so if we move way down, verse 78, I'm just picking, um, a few highlights here and there. Um... So that's Psalm 78. Verse 70, it reads, He also chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. So God God performed miracles. God made a shepherd boy into a king of nations. And um, he protected him when his enemies were coming from all directions. When David had over a thousand enemies. And the odds were all against him. <clears throat> God, our God is a miraculous God. He will always stand. <clears throat> he will always stand up for us. Um, let us always seek face in Him, and um, let us always praise Him. Let us not forget Him. Um, we're only going to have peace here on earth if the human heart is dealt in redemption. Let us not be asleep in our sleep. Because the devil wants 
us not to hear the word of God. He wants to silence it. But guess what? He cannot silence it unless you allow him to silence it. Let's not be asleep in our sleep. Let's heed the word of God. Let us um, find redemption in our hearts. Let us be justified by faith. So today, this was um, my main take. Um, Let us keep seeking God's guidance and his mercy. Thank you all for listening. God bless and bye-bye.